Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. time for the wrestling inc aew dynamite after show my name is jack farmer his name is justin labar his name is jimmy corderas and have we got a show for you blackpool combat club is running wild jade cargill is suing people and everyone knows who vikingo is now but before we get into all of that let's introduce the fellas first jimmy corderas you had a great Refin It Up show today. I think everyone should check it out. Yeah, we had a great time. We talked to a young referee, Scarlett Donovan. She's, uh, you know her, Jack, uh, out mm-hmm. there, based, I guess, in, in, in the Cali yep. uh, area. But she has traveled the world. And I will give a little bit away here. She is the first female referee to perform for New Japan Pro Wrestling, among other accolades. And uh, I have a feeling you may see more of her in the future somewhere down the line. I I agree. I think she's going to get picked up with a she'll she'll be somewhere everyone can see her very soon. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, and just a quick plug for next week, uh, we've got the former Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle joining us. So, oh, that should be an interesting one. That's a good. That's WrestleMania week worthy, right? There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. And I, I wonder if the Daniel Pewter discussion will come up. I don't know if I should stay away from that one or not. I don't want to get ankle locked on on. Uh, Hey, it's it's your health at risk, so I say do it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> if it's if it's my health, then I steer clear. But if it's your health, just go for it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but speaking of health, Justin Labar, the spar with Labar champion, <laughs> taking on all comers at any time. Justin, how you doing today, fella? I'm good. I'm, I'm pumped. It's a, a triple J on a Wednesday I, uh, this week, and I don't know if you're available next week. I know Issa's out next week too, so I don't know. I'm, I'm this is. Exciting. I can't I can't do next week. I'm gonna be at uh Wale Mania. Oh so that'll be a fun uh, fun time uh out there getting to chat with folks. If anyone's gonna be at WrestleMania is going to Wally Mania, come swing through. We'll say hello. It should be a fun time. Uh speaking of swinging through, if you're swinging through the show and listening, whether it's live now or later, make sure to uh like, comment, share, subscribe, copy the link, throw it into social media. You never know who's gonna show up, and then we just get even even bigger, more fun chat. It'll be a good time. Uh speaking of people showing up, again, this is Segway City, baby. We're just talking about people showing up. We're gonna start with a big name who could be showing up at WrestleMania, according to PW. PWI Elite, 
Randy Orton is scheduled to be at WrestleMania 39 weekend. While it has not been confirmed whether Orton will be appearing on camera on either night of WWE's flagship show or WWE Raw the following Monday, it seems unlikely Orton would be flown in just to hang out backstage. Justin, are you buying or selling the idea that we might see Randy Orton return soon? Oh, I'm buying uh, 100%. Um, I, I think uh, I think when there's smoke, there's fire here with this one. And um, that's good. I mean, I know he's been out for a long time, and there was some questions and some scuttlebutt about you know how his health you know, is. Um, but again, if there's these rumors, I, that, that's for a reason. And I think, uh, you know, who knows how long he has been maybe ready to go, if in fact he's ready to go. But I think the perfect thing is wait for that night after Mania. Wait for the reset. I mean, there's no there's no no need to have him pop up unannounced on advertised at WrestleMania. Uh, and Mania doesn't often have returns or inter- re- returns happen during it. It just it's kind of all about settling the story that has been built to. But uh, the next night on that Raw, that's when everything hits. That's when everything resets. That's when the new calendar year for WWE is and I think it would be uh and, and here's what's great about Randy you could say okay well, where do you use him Randy could be your number one face if you needed him to be on a brand Randy could be your number one heel if you need him to be on a brand that's what's so awesome about the versatile veteran that is Randy Orton yeah Randy Orton is he's you know we all have our own personal top 10 or whatever uh and once you have it it's hard for someone to break into it Randy Orton is making me have to think I got to kick someone out of my, my personal top 10 of all time. I think he's, he's earned a spot there. I think in my personal Only 10, Only you, look, there's, there's a lot of people in your, my top 10 that like I was a fan of as a kid. And so they're like, they're cemented in, you know what I'm saying, Jimmy? Like once they're in, it's very hard for me to personally say it's time for them to come out. But I look at what Randy Orton's done. I mean, come on, what do you give me your 10? I bet you I can make room for you. My first, well, what I who I would call the top ten is I put Flair number one, I put uh, John Cena number two, I put oh, actually no Hulk Hogan number two, John Cena number three, Undertaker number four. I I'm a Triple H guy. I put him at number five. I put HBK at number six. I put Sting first. I put me at number seven. I then I go Stone Cold and The Rock, and then the number ten is where it's really dicey. In there, wow. I've never heard a top seven that didn't have rock or stone cold, and that's insane. But yeah. hey, it's, it's, it's your personal preference. I get it. Yeah, this that's is cool. my 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 point. Compared yeah. to the other guys, their time at the top was much shorter than the other guys. That's the that's the big fair. That's the fair. big uh, cliff. The big hang there. But I gotta say, I guess Jimmy, this mm-hmm. to, to wrap up this conversation about Randy Orton mm-hmm. is. Uh, do people fly into WrestleMania just to hang out backstage? Is that even a thing? Could he actually be there just to hang out? Well, not just to hang out, but it is WrestleMania week and it's, it's become an entire event and there's so much going on and they're filming so many things. Like you, you never know, there could be a table for three happening or whatever the case may be. But at, in this case, when Justin pointed out the fact that, yeah, the Monday after WrestleMania is a big time, but I was thinking something even before that, does he become an integral part of the story uh, that we've got with the likely main event of night two, Cody mm. and Roman Reigns? He doesn't have to out actually come out and physically do anything, but you know, everybody's, we were expecting the rock to be a part of this for so long and it doesn't look like he is, but 
maybe there's where you see the reset button going after WrestleMania. Who do you have for Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns could, you know, point a finger at Randy Orton for whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, I mean, and, you know, and start yeah. and start, like you said, start the new season there. But I mean, I on, that, on, on that logic, I would say then Orton shows up at the last SmackDown. You know, it was because of history, because of his history of being the mentor to Cody at Once Upon a Time and Legacy mm-hmm. and what have you. But again, I think that would be just a. I feel like that would be a, a really big bullet again, not needed on your go home final show before mm-hmm. Mania. Um, but Jim, to Jimmy's right, I mean they they do a lot of things. The only thing I'll say is, you know, there, again, there's been word as as the sale is 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 pen as 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 a potential sale is kind of looming over. You know, I have heard that they are trying to, you know, I think I think Wrestling Inc. even had a story about this. They are trying to streamline expenses. People that they normally would fly, I'm talking staff or, you know, office people, whatever, people that normally fly to be on site, they're saying, no, you, you're going to work remote back from Stanford or whatever. So, again, kind of like every 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 expense is probably going to be looked at a little bit uh, closer this year because uh, the, their financials are, are being, you know, shared and due diligence by potential buyers. So, again, if they're, if they're going to pay to fly Randy in, pay to, Obviously, give them you know the, the accommodations they would give them. I'd have to think it, it's to translate to have them on camera at some point. Yeah, um, and I think Justin, to your point, you could use him anywhere. He's such a star that whatever he does, um, I mean, he he would legitimize the twenty four seven championship if he wanted to. Uh, I, I wouldn't wouldn't count on that being what he comes back for, but yeah. if he did, I think he could. Uh, we got a couple of, uh, of of fun super chats just to get into before we uh, carry on. Corey Pride says, with the start of the show tonight, I allowed myself to think CM Punk was back for a millisecond. Uh, yeah. uh, as, I, as it turns out, wishful thinking. Uh, I, I am of the thought with someone like CM Punk, just like before when he had been been away. Until I see it, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> Right. Uh, it doesn't matter what I see or hear until I see it. I, I'm just assuming it's not going to happen. But Tina Miller, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit with a, a super chat here. Friend of the show, Tina Miller, says, I was told I wasn't a real wrestling fan because I didn't know who Vikingo was. Well, now I am after tonight. I've been watching wrestling for 31 years, and I finally made it Queen Way. <laughs> uh, one... I'm going to let Corey Pride in his uh, his super chat respond. Tina, don't <laughs> worry. People are idiots. So you, I yeah. hate the gatekeeping of you don't know who this person is or whatever. It should be fun. It should be like, I'm so excited you haven't seen who this person is because you're about to get your mind blown. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on that kind of uh, attitude, guys? No. You don't want to Sim- simply put, you can't know everybody from every wrestling organization, and you can't say that someone is not a real fan. Uh, because I don't know who somebody is in the AHL or, or, or I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with the entire roster of the Maple Leafs, you know, farm team doesn't make me less of a Maple Leafs fan. Yeah. If you, if right. you, you can't know everything. And there's so much wrestling out there now to absorb you. You know, there's other interests out there. People have other interests. Like I said, I like hockey. I like watching, uh, you know, the Blue Jays, I like football. You know, it's there's so many other interests. I, I can't watch every single wrestling promotion out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I think the, the sports analogy is exactly where I would have gone there with Jimmy. Like, uh, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Washington Capitals fan, hockey fan. I'm a Washington Commanders football fan. No, I'm not going to be able to tell you the start of training. I'm not going to be able to tell you everything about every single person that comes to Commanders training camp. You know, all right. 100, whatever. But it doesn't. Trust me, it does not make me any less of a fan. Uh, it, it's yeah, it's you know, like it, the flip side is to, to to people that. And again, if you're if you are a pro wrestling fan and you really dig the moves and you like to watch all the in-ring action you get your hands on and your eyes on from all promotions around the world, that's good on you. That, 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 that's your appetite. That's your, that's your buffet to go after. I might then counter you and say, all right, well, can you, can you tell me all about every single person in WWE? And, and they might, and, and, and they may go, no, because you know, there's people in WWE that aren't interested in them. It's like, well, okay, I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I can then pound the stick and say, well, WWE makes more money than anybody else in the pro wrestling slash sports entertainment space. That's what I deem. You know, it, it, it's just all a matter of what your everybody's criteria, everybody's appetite's different, and it's not that. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I I like character work. I like stories. I like the little bit of thread that we saw tonight in Dynamite, where we start off with a with a, a backstage parking lot kind of angle. It's very Attitude Era esque, quite honestly. Like I like that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I like personally. I will take that over. You know move 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 in the ring but if somebody out there likes move 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 that that's what they like and go find what you like and whatever yeah i definitely have i'm always of the attitude of like if someone if someone from let's say lucha underground is coming to a wrestling company i'm like oh my god these guys are great did you ever see lucha underground if they're like no i don't say well you don't know wrestling i'm like you're going to be so excited to see when willie mac shows up he's so entertaining and fun or go you should or i'm like you should go check it out you can watch it on netflix now it's such a fun show you'll love it like you should be excited about someone sharing not gatekeep them like a like a dork that's right call those gatekeepers a dork like you said like you said make it a positive one if somebody like for example i'm not a a, a, you know big into lucha underground but at the same time somebody comes up to me says hey jimmy you should check it out sometime you make you might be impressed with so and so and so and so and so and so Okay, you know, now I might be inclined to tune in and just say, hey, you know what? Let me check it out and see what it's all about. Yeah, it's uh it's it's fun. I don't know if you'd like it. It's it's definitely hocus pocusy, but it's it's done in a very kind of tongue-in-cheek way that makes it fun. I you know, Jack, I I did not know much about Lucha Underground, and then I went out there in, in LA for the uh filming of the season two finale. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and that in that warehouse that's turned into a studio and soundstage essentially and whatever and i and i and, and, and i don't speak a lick of spanish and most of the crowd is, right most of the crowd in that boyle heights neighborhood <laughs> yes and they were do. so they were so patient to to the to the white guy who doesn't speak a lick <laughs> of spanish and, and mind you i'm i'm there attending the season two season finale and they film all the stuff like a tv show so like I, like nothing's aired so like i don't know any of the things that have led up to why we're at this climax of finale like, i don't know the backstory because it's all been filmed and hasn't been televised yet but they, all these people have all been at the tapings and they were so patient tell me and they really it was, it was it was it was nice the lack of tribalism yes it was it was what you just said i did not know who this person you know was and then they they would nicely kind of give me a quick 30 second recap just catch me up to speed and it was it was such a cool community and, and, and environment to be in and i and i, I so it's good that you brought that up because i wish that that kind of environment was more widespread across wrestling, especially via social media. Yeah, it's cool. um, 
Exactly. Well, we'll we'll continue on here as AEW announces a partnership with Canadian companies to expand its house rules touring. According to a press release, AEW will be partnering partnering with the Feldman Agency and I think it's pronounced Turbo Entertainment. Um, is that how you pretty, do you spell Turbo T O U R B O? No, it's it's not it's not like the word honor where in the US it's spelled H O N O R and up here it's spelled H O N O U R or labor. Uh this is uh, I think it's it's pronounced turbo. Turbo. Okay. Like, having to do with touring companies. <laughs> I think but if you say it quickly it's it's turbo. Turbo. Well, in any case, yeah, um I believe just... I'm not 100% sure. Don't 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 quote me on that. They're described as Canada's leading live entertainment companies, uh, and they want to expand House Rules series and, quote, provide support to explore multifaceted brand partnerships. Uh, these are, and Justin, this seems like another question that's right up your alley or a comment. Uh, one, I'd just like to know your thoughts on these. But two, this is the kind of news that I think a lot of people let slip under the radar, but is actually kind of a big deal for a company like AEW. No, I think it's a very big deal. And I think it's, I think, I don't know about this company. I don't. I don't live in Canada. I don't. I don't know anything about their specific body of work, but based upon how they're described and just doing a Google search of them, I think this is a smart partnership. I think Tony Khan and AEW already have their plates full with trying to every week uh, keep up with the television product and improving the production, improving the the format and the booking they have this reality show that's probably already been all done shot and edited but it's still you know you're shopping your, your tv rights they already have their plates full with television traditional television and that medium that okay if you are going to branch out and start to do these non-televised things and making your live event experience something that's important because you only get one chance to make uh, a first impression so if they go out and start doing these house rules um uh, you know events and it's and it's a cluster, you know what, and whatever, you know, it, it, word's going to get around quickly, and then and you're going to be sunk before you even really get going. So I think quickly partnering with a group that specializes in live event experience, not TV, but live event experience, and that's everything. And that, that's that's all the other things. That's the the marketing uh, of it. That's the the extras and other things you can do to get the community involved, or what have you. That's a smart play by AEW. That that's a smart you know recognizing what you don't know up front and and, mm -hmm. and 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 bringing in people that can help you with that so i think it's a really good move by them it's it, that it only stands to help them it's not going to hurt them uh, jimmy as they get these house shows going do you think that this is going to what kind of impact do you think house shows are going to have for aew have been having pinned to many house shows yourself uh, mm. over the years do you think that this is going to help them hurt them or are we not going to see a difference uh, what do you think the house show environment is going to do for them? Uh, well, it depends on the current way, the, you know, the fan thinks, because back in the day, house shows were where they made their money. Mm -hmm. uh, house shows were, were were the dollars and cents of a company, and that's why there was so much emphasis and, and time put into it. Now it seems the big money's in television deals. Mm -hmm. So that aspect has changed, so to speak. But at the same time, you still have to go out and, and get your reps in. I mean, it, it, it you can make some money in house shows. Obviously, they have the house rule show in Troy, uh, Ohio this weekend, which by all accounts went fairly well, mm -hmm. you know, especially from an audience standpoint. I know people say, well, they didn't book a big building with like 10,000, 15,000 or anything like that. Start off light and grow your business. And mm -hmm. I like the fact that they're 
they're not leaping both with both feet in and their eyes covered, you know, head first into the pool, so to speak. Uh, they're, t- you know, they're feeling their oats. Yeah. And hiring these two, co- well, it's two companies, basically the same company because they're under the same umbrella, basically, mm-hmm. uh, for ownership, uh, is a good first step. It shows that they're serious about moving forward and doing it right. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm I'm eager to see how it plays out. Like I said, I think it's one of those things. It's not a flashy headline like uh, mm-hmm. so-and-so signs, you know, Goldberg signs with AEW or anything, but I think it'll pay dividends. Yeah. And, and really quickly, sorry to cut you off there, Jack. Yeah. It's, it's, you talk about people who are working in over, over inundated with work at AEW as, as Justin was referring to, they do have some people with that experience, live house show experience working in the background, obviously a Jeff Jarrett, uh, Raphael, my uh, old friend of mine too. There's some guys there that know the live events slash house show, basically nuts and bolts. Mm-hmm. So they do have people in place and having a, a company like this, helping them do it in a prof- professional manner, you know, yeah. more power to them. Good luck. Um, as we get ready to get into reviewing this show, I do want to, again, just give a shout out to everyone and make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe. We got a really cool tweet today from at LTaber22 saying, I'm listening to this tomorrow at work. Best podcast ever. Well, guess what? I hope your work day gets a little bit better because we're shouting you out, Mr. Taber. Taber, I don't know how to pronounce the name. I apologize, but Thank you so much for giving us a listen over there. Tell your uh, supervisor or boss you just got shouted out on your podcast and to leave you alone for a few minutes so you can enjoy it. Tell him yes. LeBar sent you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And if he doesn't like it, he can spar with LeBar. Exactly. Uh, and if that's not good enough, then he'll get counted out. There yes. <laughs> and if that's not good enough, I will talk about it from a safe distance away from the danger. <laughs> but uh, uh, everyone in the chat as well, by the way, we got uh, Craig Burks, Gerard Jones, Blue Chew, Mr. X, Justine back in the chat. Good to see you. Jeroy J, John Millard, Antonio Garcia, Adam McFarland, Kang in the chat. Uh, hopefully not Kang the Conqueror, but uh, either way, good to see you. Ted Turner, big bucks rolling through, uh, coming through. Clay Ford, Ethan Cruz, and I'm scrolling up the chat here. Ricky Zaldivar, there was a... a uh, listener from London, Tina Miller. I want to make sure I, I shout out our listener from London. Uh, George Bartley's here, Victor. Where'd it go? Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Say you're from uh, London and I'll give you a quick shout out again. I can't scroll back that far, I guess. But um, the the London listener, shout out, shout out to you. Yeah, it's, late. <laughs> it's, 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 it's early morning there at this point. Yeah. It's like, what, yeah. like 3.30 there? Well, Dylan Matthews, the GIF King, I always like to give a shout out to. He's uh, from Australia, so he is uh, in tomorrow. He's in the future, mm-hmm. by the way. So hopefully hopefully tomorrow works out. Dylan, let us know if there's any issues. Yeah. <laughs> he's already hearing us tomorrow. Yes, he's already hearing us tomorrow. It's a weird world. Um, let's, let's get into this show. It starts off, and Justin, you alluded to it. It's very Attitude Era-esque. The Young Bucks have been attacked, and they're getting put into an ambulance. Adam Page goes with them, and Kenny Omega's left alone. This is the kind of start to a show, Justin, I love, because it makes me almost get that panic, like, what's going on? Who did it? What's going to happen? Yeah, it's a crash TV mentality. Um, you start hot, you know, uh, don't need a, you don't need the same formulaic open. You, you kind of catch people's attention. Uh, and quite frankly, look, and, and AW doesn't do this a lot, so that that only 
uh, emphasizes it more. That's like, oh, this looks different. So I, I applaud them for for trying a different uh, approach to starting a show. Their first segment is usually one of their most viewed segments. So um, whether it be because of it's just earlier in the night and we just have seen them wrestling shows, that's 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 just where the viewership is. They also have a great lead in with Big Bang Theory. So I mean, I applaud them for that. Um, the knock on them and I'm part of this knock is, is the lack of stories and development. It's a lot of like dream match here, whatever, over here. So I like that this at least starts a thread for the night of a who done it. And, 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 and it puts Omega now isolated. Um, and he's got this big match later. So I, I like the, the thought process behind it. Execution of the entire night. We'll talk about as we go. Uh, I, I'm not, I, I'm not a hundred percent on, but I, I, but again, I, I like the attempt of what was done here. Um, so yeah, so I, I liked I liked the first opening minutes. I was I was on the edge of my seat paying attention. In general, I, I feel like AEW struggled with storytelling, but I feel like since I've I've said since Re- Revolution kicked off, it's sort of gotten back on the on the rails a bit. And I, Jimmy, I, I want your thoughts on the start of this, but also later Excalibur saying he got a text from Brandon Cutler saying it was the Blackpool Combat Club that attacked everyone, which I think we all kind of figured. One of the guys, but uh, just to Justin's point, this developing story. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you guys. I, I like the fact that it started off different from other uh, dynamites and uh, rampage, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, I worry because when something comes off this good, they tend to go to the well a little bit too often. I don't want them to think that they have to open up the show like this every week. Change it up. That's what they did this week. It was really good. And as far as your point about uh, Excalibur being the one who's saying he received a text message from uh, you uh, know, Brandon Cutler, Brandon Cutler uh, explaining that the Blackpool Combat Club were responsible for the attack on on the Young Bucks. Uh, I don't know. That just felt like, eh. you know, I, I you know what I mean? You, you've got everybody's interest peaked. But at the same time, you know, why isn't Kenny the one who gets the text message? Why isn't he the one who gets informed? And and him and Don Callis have a little thing in the back where you say, you know, it's the Blackpool Combat Club. I, you know, whatever the case may be, it just it just felt a little flat with the uh, reveal. Yeah, I I agree with that. I felt like that kind of again we all kind of knew it was them, but then once he said that, it made me wonder why isn't Kenny Omega doing something about it. Uh, he's just kind of going, oh, I guess they attacked him. He, if but if when it, when it was a mystery, I mean, even though we as viewers and everyone kind of figure that's probably who it is, we can say, hey, he doesn't know, so he can't go knocking on the door of the Blackpool Combat Club. But uh, Justin, I want to just get to the last backstage segment of this story. Uh, we'll save the main event for the main event, but of course, later Omega is upset that he's not at the hospital with his friends, but Don Callis seems kind of excited that Kenny Omega is going to be going singles again. And this is the thread of the story. And again, we'll talk about the end, but this is what really piqued my interest because the interpersonal relationships of groups, as we've seen with the bloodline can be the most fascinating stories. Yeah. And there has been a long-standing history of, you know, back when Omega and the bucks were at odds, like Cal's was kind of like that poison pill that was in Omega's ear he was kind of the thing that stood in the way. So, I mean, there is some, so it's, while there was a break in it, I mean, there is some backstory to it. There's some consistency to it. Um, and Callis certainly is just a heel through and through. Uh, it's hard to ever put him in. You know, he's kind of like 
he's kind of like he's not as good, but it's the same situation as Paul Heyman. It's very mm-hmm. hard to put Paul Heyman in a in a sympathetic role. He's just such a good sleaze ball, you know right. what I mean? So right. it's kind of the same principles. Um so yeah, so again, I, I'm okay with it. Uh, again, execution, which we'll get to later in the in the night. I was like, eh. but uh, the, overall, though, the approach I like. I like the approach of what they're trying to do. Um, again, and it, it, it was the story that was threaded through the night, um, mm-hmm. and, and and that's good. I think that that's a good way to do things. Don't because in the past, Dynamite I think has been too isolated of each segment's just their own thing, and it's uh, you know sometimes a head scratcher of well, why is this now why is this before that why is this you know so this was good it at least gave you something to keep tuned into for two hours and, and advance the story it is funny i can't imagine paul Heyman ever being sympathetic no matter they could do like a a, a bum ass corbin thing with him i would never sympathize with paul paul Heyman. it would never turn you'd still be yeah good you're a terrible person he, he's he's just he's just the <laughs> Uh, and, and 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 he leans into it too. I mean, yeah. you know, Heyman leans into it in in his life. He 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 leans into being just the greasy used car salesman. <laughs> he's all know, he's and and, and and he owns it. He just and he owned it back when he was, you know, running the thriving number three promotion that you know we'd later come to find was actually kind of under the pay window of of a WWE developmental. Basically, he's the guy who's. <laughs> Who he's gonna tell you right to his right to your face, you know the, the sky is green, and by the end of it, you believe him, and <laughs> yeah, that's just what he. That's just that's just, that's just, that is that's Paul E. Dangerously. It's Paul Heyman. It's it's it's, it's a great, yeah. <laughs> but he's made some money uh, off of it. Yes, uh, I do love Don Callis though as a bad as as a jerk too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think Paul Heyman's the the goat, so I I can't compare anyone to him. But Don Callis is incredible. Sure. Um. I did want to give a shout out. Steve Wilson is who is from London. So Steve, thank you. Th- Stephen Wilson, thank you so much for coming through and, and staying up late to, to join the show. We appreciate mm-hmm. you here. Thanks, uh, Steve. Mind the get, gap. We get to the opening match here, and it's a fun one to kick things off. It's Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting going up against Kip Sabian, Butcher, and Blade. Um, and it's Three of the company's most beloved characters getting a win over a team of 'er ne'er-do-wells. Outcome wasn't in doubt, but I don't think that was really what this one was really all about. I think it was us getting to see people we love getting a win. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, something I hear people talk about all the time. Orange Cassidy starts off every episode. I'm going to tell you, I love the idea of Orange Cassidy kicking off every episode. I think he's one of the AEW's most popular stars. I think that he's someone you want on TV when the Big Bang Theory audience is still tuning out. I think that people love the idea of a champion that competes every single week, and he's a champion that does just that. Uh, I think he's just a great talent to have on in that spot. Uh, Convince me I'm wrong. Well, I'm not going to convince you you're wrong because if that's your opinion, that's your opinion. I just don't like it. it again, if he's the first, for lack of a better term, the first act we see every week, then it becomes formulaic. And then you run the risk of people saying, okay, here it is again. He's you know starting off. Let's see him in a different situation. Let's see him in a different spot. And we did see him in a kind of a different spot this week in a six-man tag. But I think the idea for this six-man tag, it was exactly what I was expecting. A lot of chaos and a lot going on and rules really not meaning anything. But at the same time, that's basically what this was supposed to be anyways. And I think it was more 
going to, you know, fast forward to the ending of the match, it was more a showcase for Sting because mm -hmm. Sting, you know, the icon and kind of, I think it was meant to pass the torch a little bit to the young guys like an Orange Cassidy, because we saw at the end there, after the match, Sting standing in the middle of the ring, Orange Cassidy put his sunglasses on Sting. And, you know, uh, Darby's over in the corner staring up at the, uh, what was it, the double or nothing uh, thing? Yeah. And here is Sting looks like he's going to do the full Orange Cassidy thing by putting his hands in his pockets and stuff like that. And they don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. They miss it completely. And that would have been so perfect for the home audience to see that Sting is endorsing Orange Cassidy. And they blew it. I'm sorry. That's a, Sorry to go on a rough and rant here, but they blew an opportunity there. This is where, and this is where the company's growing pains uh, come to full, full showing is I, I don't know it, it, i don't know if it's a lack of a communication in a production meeting i don't know if i don't know if it's a lack of a production meeting i don't know what it is but to jimmy's to further jimmy's point commentary commentary seemed to have the notes that darby's staring at the double or nothing billboard that's hanging from the ceiling and they really want to sell and they even they even show uh, the clips of last week of darby and and jungle boy and um um the, the third one. Uh, the, the third one. The third. The third. I, I, I forget. The, the, it's the, 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 it's the, the, all his name. Don't you know? Sammy no, Guevara. Sammy, thank you. I'm just joking. And some and somebody's gonna be in the comments like, "Oh, how do you do this podcast? You get to do. You couldn't remember that's like. It's like, all right, we're live. We're like doing a lot of things. We're talking like, like try to try to remember as much as we have to remember in a moment. Yeah. So, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But no. So, but because they had the, the because they had the replay of last week queued up and everything, it seemed like that was the focus. That's what they knew they were gonna do was we were gonna sell Darby's focus on Double or Nothing and focus on MJ and those other stuff, which is fine. But like Jimmy said, maybe it was maybe it was done rogue, and it needed to be communicated. But you have this cool moment of Sting puts on the sunglasses and kind of like endorses Orange Cassidy. But it's like that needs that that all needs to be sorted out. What are we shooting? Are we shooting Darby? And are we showing the flashback? Or are we shooting Sting and the thing? Are we shooting both of them? But it didn't. It, it was it was a, it was a bit of a mix, uh, mix up. So I get that point. And again, we have the luxury of of of, of um, Mon Monday morning quarterbacking this thing. Mm -hmm. Looking back at this episode, again, your first segment is usually one of the one of if not the biggest audience. I don't think you needed to put this match for your biggest audience. Looking back at what they gave us, I would have put after the backstage who done it to the Young Bucks. Cool. I would have put Adam Cole out in the ring. You're doing all this hype for Adam Cole to finally get back in the ring after nine, ten months, uh, and coinciding is the synergy to he, him and Britt are a big part of this reality show, which is also debuting next week. Put him out there. Cutting the promo, having the crowd engage, the Adam Cole baby and the boom, and who's his, who's his opponent going to be? And I know we'll get to it here in a minute, but just again, luxury of 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 armchair quarterbacking. I don't think, as you even said it, Jack, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting up against Kip Sabian, Butcher, and Blade. It ain't rocket science who's winning this. Yeah, I don't think you needed to put that in the open. I think you would have been better served with the audience you have in that eight o'clock to eight fifteen window to a put adam cole out there that's just my again my hindsight 2020 opinion uh, i do agree on the production stuff i think that's stuff that could really tighten up um again easy for me to say i i'm using my 
laptop camera because I can't figure out how to get my other camera to work. So easy for me to tell, to say, <laughs> it's easy for me to say they need to tighten up their production, but you know, whatever. Um, but, uh, no, but uh, uh, sorry, yeah. I, I have to cut you off, Jack. This yeah. Look, and I keep hearing people saying that, yes, there's still a young company. There's still, it's been three years now, and this is a constant problem and it should be addressed. They should know by now that in like, like, Justin said, do they have production meetings? It looks like they don't even communicate between matches because we see similar situations, similar uh, spots, for lack of a better term, and similar situations happen in multiple matches during the same show. There needs to be better communication between production staff and the talent and what they're doing in the ring. Mm -hmm. Um, We did get a... um... Oh, real quick, I also want to give a shout out to John Millard, who uh, says that he's also from London. So uh, I did not know that, John. So you get a shout out for late, uh, awesome. for stamp late too. Um, but I want to ask you something, Justin, just real quick about this, because I don't get to be on all the AEW shows. So I don't get to, the opportunity to ask these kind of questions. And uh, I always love your perspective on booking things. Uh, it looks like we're going to get the four pillars uh, at Double or Nothing for the world title. Um and someone stands out to me. I look at Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and I think got the Hollywood crossover name value, has the good looks, wrestles well. People love him. I don't think MJF's losing the title, but I think back to when KO faced Roman for the title and how we didn't think KO was going to win, but they built KO in a way that made it feel like he had a shot. What does Jungle Boy need to do to feel like he has a shot? Because it feels like he checks the boxes, but for some reason, I don't feel that, if that makes sense. No, I get it. I, I Honestly, I don't think any of the three of them, I don't give... I, I, I don't... Right now, as we stand now, and we're still um, like two months away from Double or Nothing, none, none of them do I do I buy in of, of being a threat to take the title. Quite frankly, the fact that MJF's been so vocal that his contract goes through this calendar year, um, like, I, I don't... None of those three strike me as oh that they're gonna take the title right now off of him. Okay, if it's if it's November, uh, later this year, and you build Darby really up, and and Darby even said there's not gonna be any more Darby's AEW for life, and he probably is. Um, if you really try to build up something and it's November and it's MJF versus Darby, at that time I might say okay, I maybe this is where they they put all this investment on Darby's backstory and build or whatever. Maybe Darby does take it because they got to get the, t- the title off Max because they don't know if Max is going to be in a contract much longer. But where we stand right now, and that, that, that that's kind of the danger of what they've let happen here is, Matt, is they've been so open about, unless MJF has signed some contract extension behind closed doors that only he and Tony know about, and he's using the whole bidding war of 2024 as, as promo fodder, unless that's the case, it makes me just go, okay, oh, so, okay so if he does have a fatal four against Sammy, Darby and Jungle Boy, he's not losing to any one of them right now. Mm-mm. He's just not. No, no disrespect to them, but he's just not. They don't. None of them come across as guys who should be holding the title at this moment. Um, right. So, quite frankly, double or nothing is like I know that I know that's like their that's like their mania. That's like their. Is it? I feel like. Do they have one? In, in my in my mind, I always think the September All Out show is that because that was kind of the genesis of their uh, of their creation. But but they actually look at since Double or Nothing was their first actual paper because because they had the press conference in January many years ago in Jacksonville and November and uh, excuse me May was their first pay per view. They kind of look at that as their 
because when the first all out happened in September, they, yeah. there was no AEW. It was just the independent show that Cody and the Bucks put on. And right. then that January, they had the press conference in Jacksonville. That's where Jericho showed up, and, and, and he's part of it. And then that May was the first actual pay-per-view they did under the AEW banner. So they look at the May show as like their mania and and and, and, and the most graceful respects as compared to mania. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm thinking like like that, like that's just not like I don't buy MJF losing any one of them. You know what I mean? So I so yeah. to your point to answer your question, I don't think there's anything that Jungle Boy or any of the other two, Sammy or Darby can do that's gonna make them feel like they're viable chances to take the title off of Max just yet. And I guess just for clarification, the reason I ask about Jungle Boy specifically is Sammy's clearly got something going. Darby's <laughs> clearly got something going. But Jungle Boy right now has just finished whatever he had going. And so now is sort of the one that needs something, I guess. But um, And I ask about the, the main, which ones are main, because I feel like I feel like they need one that they we all agree is like, OK, this is the one. But I never feel like. I feel like they were, they do the every show is our mania. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mm-hmm. care. that's that's not the case. You no. can't say that. You know, that's like the NFL saying every game is our Super Bowl. Like, no. mm-hmm. um, in any case, we move on. Uh, the guns versus top flight. It was a fun one. Guns get mm-hmm. another title defense. Uh, top flight looks good in the process. Uh, Jimmy, uh, before getting into the after match shenanigans, uh, Tell me, I mean, I thought this was the kind of match I wanted to see the Guns winning before they became the champions. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, the, building that underhanded, sneaky, jerk kind of attitude. But they did it today, and it looks like we're building a little bit of an undercard with Top Flight versus the Kingdom shenanigans. Right. There's a, They planted some seeds here. But the one thing I'm really impressed with, like you said, the Guns uh, winning in underhanded fashion that's what I like. And they're generating heel heat. And that's what it's all about. And they've got a great mentor in Billy Gunn. There's somebody who, you know, a, mm-hmm. a master of tag team wrestling and knowing how to get heat as a heel. He also knows how to be a babyface. So if that time comes eventually down the road for the guns to turn babyface, I think they will be just fine. But uh, again, like you said, maybe the way in the fashion they won leading up to their um, winning the tag titles. Yeah, you can make a case for that. But at the same time, I like them retaining the titles under those circumstances as well. Yep. And uh, Justin, to you, I want to go to that after match promo and get your thoughts on it. But also a super chat we got from John Jordan that says, guesses from all of Triple J on where FTR goes and stays. If they, if they go or they're going to stay. Uh, the care they're taking with language on all forums keeps me intrigued. Am I just getting worked? Mm-hmm. Justin, so your thoughts on that and just uh, kind of talk me through this post-match promo. Yeah, so post-match, for those who didn't see Dynamite or, or relying on us as a resource, yeah, they come out and, 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 and the guns say, there's nothing you can do that's going to make us, you know, we've already beat you and we're not, you know, nothing that's going to make us fight you again. And finally, the offer that gets the guns to accept is FTR says, what if we take on we, we we fight you and either we win these tag titles or if we don't we leave AEW forever and and there's been a lot of speculation on the internet uh we know if it's, it's been i think it's been confirmed ftr's contracts with AEW end sometime in april you know and, and ftr you know dawson even um uh you know he even you know like the ftr even on social was like you know they they 
we hope fans respect what our next choice is. It's not all official, so we're not going to say it yet. You know, they just they're doing up. They just did a podcast uh, all about Triple H and their experience. You know, so there's a lot of like all of that said. I, you know, it makes you feel like oh, they're going back to WWE. You know, they they were they were stars at NXT under Triple H's NXT. Triple H is now in charge of, of creative overall. Feels like they're going. You know, Triple H and WWE are putting more emphasis on tag team wrestling. It feels like this would be the WWE they want to be involved in, which all might still be true. But then the, the choice to do for AEW's choice to do this to lean into this, my initial betting reaction is FTR staying. This is FTR and Tony Khan leaning into the to the all that I just said, and oh, we're going to make people tune in. People are going to think this is FTR's last match, and no, they're actually staying. They, they we've locked them up on a new contract. That's my. That's my betting instinct of what's going on. Because if I'm Tony Khan, if they are actually leaving, they've already lost to the guns, right? Mm -hmm. In essence, they've already put the guns over. The Mm -hmm. guns already have that on the resume. Why would you spend TV time putting FTR in a prominent spot if and letting people be remembered who they are and how good they are if they're going to disappear and show back up on the competition X amount of days and months later. So, you know, if I was Tony Khan, if FTR says, hey, look, our contract expiring, we're done, we're going back to Stanford. Well, if I'm Tony Khan, I'd say, okay, we'll just sit at home. I'm going to let the people forget about you as best as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's my take, is that because the... And, 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 and mind you, I think this is a really good angle. Yeah. Because people are still guessing. So, yeah, if people are guessing if they're going back to WWE... Make a match where the angle is they could leave if, if if they lose. That that's intriguing, but I think that's the swerve, bro. As I think they're probably staying. If I had to, if if I'm betting on this, yeah, they're the people who have left that have been big names. It's been pretty straightforward. They haven't really, you know, Cody Rhodes didn't have a big "I'm leaving" angle, and. William Regal was basically immediately just attacked and taken off TV. It wasn't a big, long, drawn-out thing either. Um, I don't know what the situation with Christian is, but he was buried in a casket. So um, I don't know. I don't know what his contract situation is, but uh, you know, it, it seems like everyone who's a name that leaves doesn't really get this. But the ones who do this kind of stuff, like the MJF and now FTR, they're they're still here. They're still wrestling, and so. Yeah, I feel like they're probably going to stay. Jimmy, I'd like your thoughts on FTR and whether or not they're going to stay. But also, I've always known the guns were kind of jerks, but I feel like they hit a new level with this promo tonight with the we're not going to face you and then spitting in FTR's faces. No, again, doing the thing that drives people crazy and makes you want to see them get their asses kicked. I thought they were masters at doing it. little too... uh, with the spitting, but I didn't think they had to go that far, but hey, you know, again, it got the reaction where people went, oh, man, somebody punch this guy in the mouth, please. Let If we want to see some drool come out, let's see it come out because he can't, you know, yeah, from, from the jaw, so to speak. But as far as this uh, stipulation being added to the match, it's, it's, I think they're trying to work everybody because one thing that AEW does is they cater to that hardcore wrestling audience that follows all the news and rumors that go on on the internet. So they're online and they're going, Ooh, maybe FTR is going back because, you know, like, like you mentioned, Triple H and FTR have a good relationship. 
and Triple H realizes how good they are. So maybe, you know, with Triple H in charge now, they, you know, he convinced them to come back and he'll take care of them and that sort of stuff. And all this chatter going on back and forth and people going, you know, yeah, this is, this is a way to let them go. But if they were leaving, why would you put them in a prominent position like this? And you're not going to say to, okay, you guys are going to go out there and you guys are going to get squashed. Mm -hmm. That, that does, to be honest with you, all that does is make everybody go, eh, they got booked that way. You know what I mean? Cause the, the wrestling fans, uh, as as smart as they think they are, sometimes they are. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And they could see through the uh, the crap. And why would you want to put risk putting a crappy match on on one of your main you know pay per views and stuff like that or main shows and 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 run the risk of people going, oh that sucked. Yeah, I think um, like I said, I wish this watch this match where the guns are now. I feel like if they were to, if they weren't the champions, if acclaimed was still champions and now they won the titles, I'd be like, this is great. But I know I can't go back in time when they won, it felt very flat. And now I'm like, okay, I'm getting it now. Uh, They're starting to come to their own as a, as just the horrible people (laughs) tag team. Uh, So we'll see how it develops there. Uh, A quick, quick thing backstage. We'll get, I just want to get both your guys' thoughts on, Jade Cargill uh, issuing a cease and desist to Taya Valkyrie on her using her move. Uh, Justin, not the first time we've seen a, a, a situation like this where two people use the same move and they fight about it, but I don't know. I like it. It works. Yeah, I'm okay with it. It, you know, it proves the point of why Taya did it last week. And, um, you know, we talked about it last Wednesday. It, it's nice that, that Jade has a, there is somebody standing in the way of her that, that we're building to. This is kind of a first because she's kind of just run rough shot through people up to this point. Um, so, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Any uh, thoughts on this backstage promo, Jimmy, besides the fact that Mark Sterling's letterhead mm. probably drained the entire printer of ink? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. It's a it's a little, little over the top for me, cease and desist on somebody's finisher. Everybody uses everybody's moves. You see it, you know. Time and time again, but that's uh, the fun of it. It's uh, yeah, yeah. The, it's, the, it's, the, the, it's, the Bucks should have a lot of cease and assists out on super kicks. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. But uh, and and thigh slapping, right. you know, and yeah, uh, you know, um, I mean it's okay. It's uh, it didn't wow me or anything. It just yeah, nice yeah. little additive. To yeah. It. yeah, um, we go to the next match, and this was a fun one. I like this one. Stokely Hathaway versus Hook. Uh, Stokely comes out rocking some Nation of Domination gear and uh, says that Dr. Simpson said that Stokely was unfit to compete and that he's going to retire, but it was no good. Uh, they have the match. Line of the night for me was Ethan Page saying, we didn't practice any hardcore. <laughs> uh, Hook gets the win here. Uh, looks like Ethan Page and Hook is coming up. Justin, this is one of those. I, I was watching this and it reminded me. We, we talked about Attitude Era. This reminded me of one of those like European Championship match, maybe Hardcore Championship match from the uh, the Attitude Era, where it may not be serious, but it's fun and just gives a fun little breakup in the show. Well, I'll go even further back. This is um, this is you know this is Bobby Heenan and the AWA. This is mm-hmm. Jim Cornette. Five minutes alone with him. If, if you know, th- this is old school manager gets the comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of little things. You know, it, it, it's it's Doc Sampson, uh, yeah. is the doc. 
the 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 doctor's note it's a wing stop receipt and it just says <laughs> with sharpie he's sick i mean it's stupid it's it's it, it was just cheap you know cheap heat cheap escape uh and 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 hook beats his ass for the most part um i mean i was fine with it i mean whatever i mean this has been going on for a while they they showed the recap to let you know that this has been going on for a while so i was okay with it uh of why hook has a problem with stokely and uh, as you said, there's some funny little backstage things that the rest of Stokely's guys are, you know, you know they, they, they're kind of training him, but kind of enjoy seeing him get his ass kicked. So I was fine with this. Um, the biggest thing was giving people the context of why and they did give a review. They did give a recap real quick. And that's if they didn't do that, I would have had a problem because this would have looked really random otherwise. But they gave the review. It was fun. You know, it was what it was. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, I'd like your thoughts on this kind of matchup, but also um, Ethan Page versus Hook. Will Page be the one to beat Hook? Uh, you never know. It's hard to tell. But uh, as as a fellow Canadian, I wouldn't mind seeing Ethan Page because I think he's mm-hmm. an extremely talented individual, and he's he gets the as far like people in uh, AEW hard, diehards don't like the term sports entertainment. He gets sports entertainment. He gets me interested. Uh, yes, and I get Hook's gimmick of being the, mm-hmm. the, the silent type, but at the same time, you can't be the silent type and get all the way over, so to speak. You have to be able to communicate at some point. Uh, as far as this no DQ match, eh, it was fun. It, it, it served its purpose, let's put it that way. I would love to see in that group, uh, Ethan Page and Big Bill, I feel like they could be very serious contenders at some point for big things. So I I, mm-hmm. I get that sometimes you got to fill the comedy role, but I'd love to see those two guys break away at some point and become and, bruisers. And, right. and and both would be great, just standalone singles. They don't need... Mm-hmm. I love Matt, and um, Private Party seems fun, but the, they don't need this. They, they don't... Big Bill does not need to be in this group, and, and Ethan Page could... He's. I don't know why they felt the need, and I guess because everybody's involved in a stable. But like prior to this, he was in the Dan Lambert. Like I, Ethan Page doesn't need that. He can stand on his own. Mm-hmm. Big Bill can stand on. I, I, so, but but mm-hmm. it, it, it's the result of they have too many freaking talents. Yeah, they have too many yeah. talents. They have a lot of shows, but the only one that matters is Dynamite. They have too many talents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I agree. I think both those guys. Yeah, I just, I, I agree. I guess that's all I'm trying to say here. Uh, speaking of talent, though, we got a returning talent, uh, Adam Cole, baby. Uh, it says next week he's going to face Daniel Garcia. Garcia reminds us that he's beaten Brody King, Ricky Starks, and Brian Danielson. Jeez Louise, he actually has quite a resume mm-hmm. building. Uh, Adam Cole says this match will be a statement that one of the best pro wrestlers on the planet is back baby jimmy is uh is this a game changer for AEW getting adam cole back uh it, it definitely can be again it all depends on how he is booked going forward adam cole is a complete talent who gets this business and he could be a huge baby face and the fans want to cheer him they want to you know he has that whole bay bay thing going you know what i mean it's just, mm-hmm. he's got all the tools it's just a matter of whether they put the tools in their right spot yeah i think that 
Daniel Garcia is going to be a good person for him to have a match with because it can be a good one, but also one we know he's going to win. It, I feel like Daniel Garcia taking a loss doesn't really hurt Garcia, but no. just uh, I want your thoughts on Adam Cole and what he brings. But also, I am a huge, huge fan of the potential I see in Daniel Garcia. I know he's not the main event guy today, but he's only like 24 years old. I think that he is growing and I could see him being a very big force in the next 10 years. Uh, Garcia is the right opponent here. He's somebody, as you said, he, he lists his resume. So he's got credibility, but he's also a guy that you can just easily, uh, if you're booking this, accept that, okay, Adam's going to beat him. I, I don't know if I share the same investment value as you do on him, on Daniel Garcia. Mm-hmm. And that's just because, yeah, he's he's got the victory on some notable people, but he's still just kind of a generic guy. I, I, I he he doesn't he doesn't pass my airport test. I guess is what I'm going to say. Now that said, Adam Cole is barely six foot, so it's not like he's somebody who's going to turn heads in the airport. But the moment that you give him a microphone, he's just he's larger than life. He becomes eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I'm, 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 I'm an Adam Cole fan. He, he has it. He has the it, the it. He's the guy who, with, with the music, with the entrance, and then he, he, he does it in the ring. But at the end of the day, the in the ring stuff is such a, to me, is such a smaller part of it. It's, it's he captivates you by the moment the music hits. He's a guy I could make a case for if you have contractually locked down he's a guy who should beat mjf Mm -hmm. when that time comes if you're going to have mjf drop the belt and if mjf maybe is leaving aw if that all happens he's adam cole's a guy i could see that you can because while he doesn't while he's not the airport test in the sense of he's walking through baggage claim and is gonna you know have all kinds of heads turned uh, he does have that charisma. He does have that ability again to make himself from five foot eleven, six foot to make himself eight foot. He has that. He, he if, if I'm Tony Khan, he's a guy I better make sure I'm keeping happy because if the contract runs out and he gets a chance to go back to WWE and now WWE's under different creative management, I think Triple H would pluck him in a minute and would uh, would plug him into a very uh, you know high level spot. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm a big fan of Adam Cole. Garcia is a fine first opponent, but I don't believe for a minute that Garcia is going to beat him. And, and I still think there's a lot of work to be done with Daniel Garcia. To me, he is still just kind of one of the generic fall men in the JAS. I, I agree with you about uh, Adam Cole in the sense, I think if you're any wrestling company and you have a shot at getting Adam Cole to come in, you back the Brinks truck up and you try to make it happen. Uh, well, like I say with Daniel Garcia, I don't think he'd be, he should be the world champion tomorrow. I don't want anyone to think that's what I'm implying. I just think with his age and what he's doing, I think he understands he's being a douchey JAS guy when he comes out. I think he understands. And I think the, the little tease of I'm the best pro rep sports entertainer, you can kind of hear the crowd is, is getting behind. I think it's going to be one of these things where. In the next few years, it's it's, it's a it's a few years thing. I'm saying not not that it'll it'll yeah, lead, not by it'll, double or nothing. I'm not it'll saying, you know yeah it'll lead to a match with him and Jericho mm-hmm. eventually, and that'll be that'll be his t- 
time to shine, but it's not there yet. He's he's the fall guy right now. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and Jer- and and Jericho's a master at getting young talent over, and he will do that. Um, speaking of uh, people who are working with other people, that's a weak transition, but let's just roll with it anyways. <laughs> John Moxley versus Stu Grayson. <laughs> Um, speaking of another guy versus guy, man. Yeah. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of pro wrestling, let's speak. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets. Regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Speaking of conflict. Mm. <laughs> we get uh, John Moxley versus Stu Grayson. Uh, a lot more competitive than I would have thought, but still uh, a lot of fun. Uh, later in the night, they attack Grayson while uh, he's with the doctor. Um, uh, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on Stu Grayson coming back and the thoughts of this little mini rivalry side quest, as I call it, with Blackpool Combat Club versus the Dark Order? No, he's a, he's a good talent. There's nothing wrong with uh, Stu Grayson coming back. It just felt that... At least for the first part of the match, the, the there wasn't a chemistry there between him and Moxley. Everything seemed it seemed a little off to me, at least. Anyways, but he's a good addition to that club, and I don't uh, to their that group, the you know the Dark Order. So uh, them feuding with the Blackpool Combat Club for now is is good for I think both of them. It gives them both a little bit something to do, but at the same time it almost felt like we're trying to get too many people involved into something again, like Justin said earlier about something, getting too many people on TV. Uh, and as I like to say, trying to cram 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag. It, it's one of the problems that AEW does. It has is that they try to get as much of their talent on as possible, even in situations where it doesn't need to be. Yeah. I, I think with this, I, cause at first, when this story was first happening, I felt like, Blackpool Combat Club is kind of punching down here at Dark Order. It's it's not exactly a, a – they don't really match up, I guess, in the stats department. But, Justin, as I was watching today, this actually clicked for me that that's kind of the point, is it makes them seem like jerks because Dark Order 
no matter how much they lose, seems to be lovable underdogs to the fans. And they don't like seeing guys beat up on them. And I think that if Blackpool Combat Club just went straight to feuding with the elite, we would go, they're all tweeners. But now that Blackpool Combat Club is sort of picked on Dark Order, we know that they're bad guys and we can hate them. I agree. It, it does cement, if we're trying to transition the Blackpool Combat Club, who just a few months ago were, you know, oh, we pray to William Regal and now Regal's gone. Uh, now we're making the transition to them being heels. This does kind of really help solidify that, right? Uh, and, and you're right. The, the Dark Order, you know, Stu Grayson individually you know, was, I guess, not under contract for a while. Now he's been re-signed. And, and I was really impressed with them last week, I, I have mm-hmm. to say. So there's that. And the Dark Order, look, this is, um, and, and it's an emotional subject to say, but this is reality, I think. Ever since um Brody Lee passed the dark order does have this kind of universal babyface position with the audience Mm -hmm. they do um when Brody passed rest in peace when he passed they were they were being pushed as a top heel group but once he passed and obviously death is, is is real life of course um, everybody was immediately willing to, to flick the switch and, 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 and cheer Dark Order and kind of view Dark Order as a an extension of, of, of memorial to, to Brody, basically. So I, I agree with what you're saying. Dark Order kind of gets this pass of it just being, this, right now, this kind of eternal baby faces for the time being. And Stu's you know, a good story, as I just said. So I agree. It is a punching down by the Blackpool Comic Club, but it makes sense. It's like, who can we pick on? The fans are just immediately going to connect, you know, sympathetically mm-hmm. with and, and that's the Dark Order. So uh, if the thread of tonight's story is who done it and who done it was a Blackpool Combat Club, I have no problem with them picking on the Dark Order. Uh, yeah, it's uh, to Stu Grayson's point, I'm really glad they signed him back. He's incredible. I was actually watching this match and I felt like. Uh, he seems like he would be a good Blackpool Combat Club guy, to be honest. He looks like he'd actually fit in with that group. Uh, maybe that's what's going. It totally caught me, by the way, when uh, when they beat him up with the doctor. Yeah, Jimmy? yeah no, it's just it, he. the only thing about Stu, he doesn't look as snug as the other guys when in the ring. That's all. <laughs> he needs but, to be- that's, yeah, that's very true. Uh, so um, we we I talked about Daniel Garcia earlier and the chat blew up talking about another guy that is a star, but I think he's a star right now. Ricky Starks calls out juice Robinson says, you want to fight? Let's fight at the next. I wrote next week, but I think they later said uh, rampage. rampage. So juice Robinson versus Ricky Starks rampage uh, Saturday night. Jimmy, is that going to get you to tune in? Um, unfortunately, no, that that is a match that should have been set up for next week's dynamite so that more people uh, can see Juice Robinson and get a hold of who may not be so as familiar with him. This was mm-hmm. an opportunity to, to showcase him against someone like a Ricky Starks, who's like you said, is a someone who is over right now. Um, unfortunately, Rampage hasn't been getting the audience that they were hoping for, and now it's at a special time. It's on Saturday night because of you know scheduling uh, conflicts. Uh, March Madness. Uh, March yeah, Madness. yeah, yeah. March Madness is in full effect, so. Maybe the, I, I get the idea behind it and getting wanting to get people to tune in and hoping that this match helps. I don't see it happening. This should have been a dynamite match. 
Justin, I see you shaking your head, and um, I think we're all on the same page here. This should be a dynamite match, but talk to me about uh, the balance of booking. If you want people to tune into Rampage, but at the same time, when you put a big thing on Rampage, the first thought is, why isn't this on dynamite? And that's just it. There's no going back to it. Dynamite is the A show, Rampage is the C show, lowercase C show. <laughs> And they, they just can't get out of it. And that's just where it is. Um, so it's Sunday know. Night Heat to me is how I view it. It's it's very like, yeah, there's stuff on it, but. This part of the show is a bathroom break. I'm taking a bathroom break right now. Yeah. That's what it is. And, and, and the, the term open challenge has to come to an end. It was very much overused tonight. Everything's uh, an open challenge. Yeah. So, I, which is, it is unfortunate because I do think Juice and Ricky Starks should be having promos in the ring together. I feel like they just have a dynamic of personalities that would be great to see them going mm -hmm. back and forth. I think they could drag this out. I think they could do stuff with it. I think they'll have an exciting match. I think it checks all the boxes, something I want to see on a big stage. But yeah, it just feels a little bit like, what? Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. But yeah. I, I don't know the Juice Ro I don't know what Juice Robinson's deal is. I don't know if he's with AEW now or if he's still just on loan from New Japan or what that deal is because no, uh, maybe he needs to get back and they're like dude this is your last chance but uh, yeah <laughs> wow. who, who knows but uh, like you said this this was a match that should have the highest possible audience tuning yeah. in to watch it and like i said they should have a promo like oh they should have done a promo this week for a like in ring both of them in the ring together talking mm -hmm. crap to each other and then the match next week because i think they like i said they're they're their microphone ability is so complimentary. I think with Ricky Starks being just super cool and juice being kind of a psychopath, like it's it, I think it'd be very fun, but we get QTV, uh, which is the TMZ style mocking and they do the Lucha brothers. Uh, they make fun of Phoenix and next week it's going to be Penta versus Hobbs. Uh, Justin, are you worried that if you say something negative, QT Marshall is going to come after you on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I, I welcome it. If, uh, <laughs> like I, to that question, here's my here's my take. Um, I appreciate guys and girls priding themselves on the company they work for and the content they put out and standing up for themselves. I, I I do, but at the same time, it's like if if you spend enough time to where it becomes a viral enough topic to the point to where you even phrase the question with the sub with the sub context is in there. If it becomes that known, it's like, it is, it, it just makes you feel low rent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I, like, again, I, 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 on the one hand I get stand up for yourself, stand up for your company, be a company guy. And I know he's like Tony Khan's like number two right-hand man. So like, cool. But when you engage in some of the social media battles at some point, it's like, Come on, like if you really are the right hand man for a company that's as big as you touted to be and has all the things like you shouldn't have time to engage in this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's everything I just said is applicable to his boss, Tony Khan. We see Tony pick some fights on so on Twitter and it's like, come on, dude, you're worth like how many billions of dollars mm -hmm. and you let you let this kind of stuff like. That's like I don't know. It's just, it, feels it, petty. It looks it looks Tom petty. I, it, I, it, it just it, it doesn't like. 
I, I hate to compare everything to WWE, but the fact of the matter is AEW is the number two wrestling company in North America, and or at least in the U.S. And and they that that that's their primary rival. So I'm I, all I can do is compare it. If we saw Triple H or Vince McMahon's Twitter accounts doing this kind of stuff, it would it would just look ridiculous. But they but it doesn't. And and and, and it's so QT Marshall, mm. just stop. Don't. I do and think- that, that's not me hating. I'm sorry, Jack. That's not yeah. me hating on him. Good on you that you have the position you have. But just leave it alone. It just makes you look insecure. It makes you look like you kind of know there might be some truth to what your critics are saying. And so you feel the need to fire back at it. Just just, just shut up and keep doing your gig. Mm-hmm. In his defense, I do think I think it started as a bit of a character thing and then spiraled a little out of control. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but that said, <sighs> if you... You know, if if you poke the bear, feed the pigeons, whatever you want to call it, feed the seagulls, stuff happens. I, I will, I will, I will tell you this. Let me just put it this way: that there is a, a lot of people in upper management in in AEW who do not take critiquing well. Let's put it that way, and they they do hold grudges. And uh, this little bit by QT Marshall uh, almost feels like. Yeah. Yes, it's supposed to be entertaining, and maybe he was taking advantage of a situation and saying, "Hey, I can get some traction out of this." But at the same time, it feels like their mo. Mm-hmm. It's well. Speaking of, you know, obviously this is a wrestling news site. Uh, they're doing a news kind of knockoff the TMZ thing. I feel like this is a. I do think it's an interesting way to approach doing promos and backstage set backstage segments. It's a little different does feel a little dated tmz was the hot thing like 10 years ago uh so it is feels a little dated but i guess i haven't seen anyone in w or in in wrestling do it before so jimmy what are your thoughts on the present like the idea the the angle of qtv well yes it the idea of it is fine but it's it's again the content that matters the most it's how you present it and when you come off looking as opposed to looking like uh, someone who is taking offense to something on the TV show and you're taking offense to actual comments on Twitter and having these little battles back and forth. Oh, come on. Uh, again, it makes the company look, uh, doesn't, they should be above this. Let's put it that way. Small time. What's the yeah. payoff to, what's the payoff to QTTV? Right. I mean, you know, like, uh, so they use it, they used it tonight to announce and segue into that uh, Hobbs is going to, uh, defend his title. Defend his title yeah. against Penta on yeah. Saturday's Like, what? Like, what? But it, it just, it just makes you look second class, second rate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, yeah. I mean, we'll have to see. Like I said, it's different, uh, but we'll see how it at, plays out. Yeah, yeah. At the end of every segment, it's what was gained from this segment. Um, and, we, and and in my and like you said, Q, QTV. I don't think anything was gained from it. Uh, we do have uh, a couple super chats that have been sitting here for a little bit. I want to get to mm-hmm. Jared Wilson first, uh, going back to FTR saying FTR saying they can't legally say uh, makes me think they should be on their way. If they'd resigned, surely they would say as a new deal just rolls over. Not necessarily. Uh, no, not, not, not necessarily. They might see them and Tony Khan might see that the, wrestling world is on pins and needles thinking oh maybe they're leaving and so you so you use it as they are to 
cliffhang a match with the stipulation that they're going to leave the company. This is actually just kind of capital. This would just be capitalizing on their staying, and we're going to make people who are second guessing it uh, tune in. Yeah, I think it's I think it's smart either way to not say it. even because it also and this is the, what the whole point is. Maybe they are legally allowed to say that's just what they're saying. Yeah. You know, that's the whole the whole point of it, you know. So we'll see about that. But um we do get to Sky Blue versus Tony Storm. It's a underdog against a team of bad guys. Sky Blue could have got the win, but the ref got distracted. Uh Sky never recovers and Storm eventually gets the win before they can spray paint Sky Blue. Uh Rio and Willow come running out with a pipe. Corey Pride gave us a super chat a while back, so thank you for being patient. Justin, Corey says TK has done a better job with Tony Storm than Vince. Um, no, he hasn't. And, and Vince didn't do it. It wasn't Vince doing Tony Storm. It was, it was it, now this look. Um Sky Blue. Uh there's things about her. There, there, lots of room for improvement, but there's things about Sky Blue that I actually kind of focused on that I liked. I like uh I think she's somebody as an AEW homegrown might have some long-term potential um uh, again the, the this but but overall this whole outsiders outcasts angle i'm still not believing a whole lot i just i just don't i i just don't um so try again next week <laughs> i'm digging it. i like the outcasts i think they it, 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 it feels too uh, fake it feels too fake I mean, that's me, but go ahead. Tell me yeah. what you look about it. To me, it feels I think fake. I think they look like a team. I think they act like a team. I believe that they would hang out outside of um, outside of AEW. I think the biggest thing for me I hate with groups is when they're together, and I think these guys aren't friends outside of outside of pro wrestling. I feel well, that I'll way gi- about, I'll, I'll give uh, you that. Damage control, for instance. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like EO Sky actually hangs out with Bailey. F- uh, fair. I'll give you that. The fact that Tony Storm, Soraya, and Ruby all are previously in WWE, I'll give you that. It would feel like they would be they would gravitate towards a corner of the locker room together. I'll give you that. So the, the, that synergy makes sense. This whole we're here, like I, we're I, this whole thing of us versus the homegrowns. They took a little bit of nice headway last week, but this week didn't really do much more for me. So I'm I'm still kind of in the mud. To me, it's just like, I, to me, it's like I don't really buy into like uh, having them be invasion, having them be the other guys or whatever the case may be. It's just like, all right, give me your list of of stars you want to grow: Brit, Jade, Sky Blue, um, who like, and just pit them against. A Soraya and tell me all the things Soraya's done in her career. She's got a Hollywood movie produced by The Rock about her. Mm-hmm. Pit one of them against Ruby. Pit, like I, I don't this 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 very NWO light invasion angle feels whatever. Like have these established girls get your newer talent over so we can all just grow. I, I don't feel like I feel like we're just treading water doing what they're doing right now. Well, you're the tiebreaker, Jimmy, as the uh, referee in the room. Uh, who's who's getting the uh, who's getting the dub here? What, what, uh, what do you think of this uh, this one? It, again, this is one of those situations where this whole story caters to a specific segment of the audience, the, the us versus them, and it and it resonates with those who have the 
an issue with the old guard, the WWE. You know what I mean? So it, it's, again, it, it could be done better, I think. I like the concept of the us versus them. Hey, we came here to show you guys what this business is supposed to be about or to show you all, you know, we came from the other company only because we want to, you know, we want to elevate yours. You know, it may, it build themselves up as they're better than the, you know, the, than the homegrown talent. But at the same time, it's just not resonating. It's not, they're not hitting I don't know, hitting their marks, for lack of a better term. So, and so to Jimmy's point, it doesn't even come across as we left our other company. Like, uh, let's just call it. This whole thing gets parallel to like a very light, light outsiders invasion birth Mm -hmm. of NWO, right? Yeah. When that happened in 1996, it felt like Vince is sending Razor and Diesel and then eventually Hulk there to 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 overtake the company. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. This feels like, and this is not completely historically accurate, but this is what it just feels like on a generic statement. This feels like Vince didn't renew the contracts of Paige, Tony Storm, or Ruby Riot. So they get signed as Soraya, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho. And, oh, we're going to try to make ourselves a bigger deal here. And it's like, no, it's like you guys got discarded from the previous company. You know, mm-hmm. when, 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 when Diesel came to WCW, when Kevin Ashke, he had just worked The Undertaker at Mania two months prior. Razor right. had just came off being mid-card ICG. Like, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't compute it doesn't feel like these are the three baddest women who are the three biggest free agents in the world who aw just landed and oh we're gonna have them come in and, and threaten the aw homegrown no it looks like here's a here, here's just ladies who they just decided not to sign for one reason or another again uh, and that's just that that's the reality of this to me i think with i because i agree i get what you're saying i'm not gonna not going to discount anything there. I do agree. I think it's a little bit of reverse booking in this case, where I think they found themselves in a situation as opposed to having the plan with them in the first place. But I also know that the women's division in AEW has struggled to get a, a full division going at any given time. And so I think I look at it more as this is kind of a rough takeoff, but it's leading to giving opportunities to a lot of people. I, I ideally, Willow and Sky Blue and Riho would have been people who have been winning matches every week for the past year before this happened. And these uh, the outcasts would have come in as people who are banded together. So I, I totally yeah. agree with all that. But it without really anything there, and even though they've been around for years, they should have a, a more full division. It feels like it's going to give them a bit of an uplift. So maybe I'm grading on a curve. If that's maybe that makes sense, maybe, maybe, but but like you said, it is a deep division, and there's only so much time television time to showcase these talents. Yes, you could see them on on their web shows, but still, we're not at the point where the web shows generate the traffic that you would hope it would, like TV does, right? At at least for now, yeah, yeah, it's just again, sky blue potential there. Will and I, yeah, but you have Rio coming out and she's like half smiling and she's running to come attack them. 
Mm-hmm. She's got a, a pipe that's bigger than her. <laughs> like, at some point, there needs to be a quality test of who should be on TV and who shouldn't be. I mean, I do agree. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Jade Cargill walk up to the outcast and say, I'm a homegrown AEW star. Why don't you pick on me? Well, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, right. That, that would be way more compelling. <laughs> I, that's what I would love to see, because I think that would be. To me, that print money is to see these three now go, oh, shoot. What do we mm-hmm. just get ourselves into? <laughs> or, or, yeah, ha- you know, ha- have Jade have a moment of conflict. With Brit, with Jamie, you know, Brit and Jamie Hayter are the two most over mm-hmm. women, right? Yeah. And they, they're from the same camp. So, you know, almost have a point to where uh, Soraya, uh, Tony, and and um, and Ruby are, and again, we didn't even see Brit or Jamie Hayter tonight, which you know, we didn't see them. We didn't see MJF, whatever. I mean, Kansas City got, kind of got screwed tonight. Uh, but, like, have the outcasts. You know, outnumbering the over AEW homegrown women, and then have Jade, who is only you know, have Jade, who's not aligned with Brit, have Jade come out there and like, look, reluctantly is there with Brit and Jamie, and just say, look, I don't like y'all, but we all we all watered and created this grass, and mm-hmm. now they're trying to come in, and then now you have a six man or excuse me, six woman situation. You have something, you have a story there, and then once you get past that story, then you have the Jade going okay, Jamie Hater and Britt Baker. We move past the outcasts. Who's the true homegrown star? And now you have something else to like. I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, the the booking of the women's division is just constantly always a bit of a question mark to me of, mm-hmm. of what their what the priority is. Well, we'll give Jared Wilson the final word on this because. We got a super chat, so that's the that's what you get when you send in a super chat. The last word, uh, outcast trying to play outcast lacks authenticity. Uh, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's yeah. hard to peg them as outcasts when you probably know they're getting paid more than the other girls. Right. <laughs> that is a a painfully true. Comment. Now Na- mm. now again, Hall and Nash were getting paid better than most anybody else in WCW was. They 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 loved their favorite nations, but none of us knew that. Right. But, you know, we thought they legit were, you know, it's a mm-hmm. different of times. I, uh, yeah, that moment Scott Hall walked through the crowd was a, oh. was such a moment for me as a wrestling fan. Um, mm. But we get to our main event here and mm. we get uh, Vikingo versus Omega. We get a hype video beforehand. They explain the background of these two. Uh, my question to you first off, Jimmy, is do you know who Vikingo is now? Um, I know better who he is now. Like, a, you know, little glimpses here and there, but at least I got to see him. It's just my my question is this. Yes, they built this up as a dream match, but at the same time, it's a dream match for a specific audience. And you, you, you talk about the two most important parts of it of a show are how it starts and how it ends. If they were going to, since they did the post-match, which we'll get to afterwards, the post-match mm-hmm. stuff after this match, why not do this match at the beginning? And that way, either that or leave the post-match stuff off and let the match be what people remember going off the air. Because that's that's what people remember most. What they see last is what they remember most. So you had all that interest, you know, that wild stuff that they did, the greats, you know, inventive stuff that they did in the ring 
And then it was all like an afterthought after we got that angle afterwards. I don't know. I got it. I mean, I heard that crowd. They were eating it up. I, it, it sounded like they love this guy. It may be a specific audience, but Justin, am I wrong here? This guy, I, I'll be honest. I didn't watch. I, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of his matches. I'm not going to now retroactively pretend like I'm an expert on uh, wrestling out of Mexico, but I felt like this crowd absolutely loved this guy by the time this match was over. Crowd enjoyed it. It's the same crowd that'll buy the tickets the next time they come around. Vikingo, mm -hmm. uh, the, the however you pronounce it, um, it, it was it was one of the most impressive athletic uh, matches I've ever seen in terms of what what they both did. But I don't think they, I don't think they gained a single new audience member. So, I. In, again, crowd fight forever. This is awesome. Energy's there for the main event. That's all cool. Energy's there. Um, it does segue to Omega for the post match stuff, which we'll talk about. But I don't think they gained one damn extra viewer. Everybody that watched this is, is already is watching, anyways. It's as simple as that. And then never mind, we could go into the minutiae of nobody sold a, a, a damn thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I I joked about it. The move that I tweeted about that he does, it's viral. Like, I joked, said, oh, it's, you know, heads are going to explode when uh, he kicks out a two. There wasn't even a pinfall attempt after half of the incredible moves that were done. There wasn't even an attempt to win the match. You go to wrestling school and you get taught when, the, when you have moments in your match go for the pin it was asinine the amount of moves that were done there was no pin that was attempted after what the f did you just do the move for mm -hmm. you know whatever it's everybody's appetite it it, it, it was entertaining in, in its own way but it did not it did not gain any extra viewers for them so if that's how you want to use your main event spot for a guy who up to this point at 11:38 Eastern time, mm -hmm. I have not seen the graphic for he's all elite. He has not been signed. I guess that's your prerogative, but I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, again, it is what it was, what it was crowd enjoyed it live. Fine. But I, I tell you, it did not gain one extra viewer. Everybody who watched this, already knew who both of them were and already tune in anyways. Nobody is now going, oh, my God, I've never watched AEW Dynamite in my life. I have to watch it now every week because of that match. And, oh, by the way, that guy's not going to be on every week. So, Well, I know what, you guys know what I'm going to say. I mm. loved it. I was gasping the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they just did that move. That guy lit it up. I was so excited to watch this guy. But the story is, and, Jimmy, you alluded to this, obviously the stuff that happened – after the match and i love this episode of dynamite so uh you guys just have to deal with me saying i loved everything again that's right old jack farmer's back i love everything but uh the end of this with the blackpool combat club laying in the beat down and by the way this is why i didn't like that they said that they beat up the other two this would have been a, a better ending i think if they didn't have the text message bit but they beat up omega adam page runs out but then 
Old Don Callis. I saw someone call him Cyrus the Virus in the uh, chat. Mm -hmm. I remember Cyrus the Virus. Him and some shenanigans and something is rotten in the elite. Jimmy, how did you feel about the end of this one? Uh, again, I, 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 Don Callis, like you said, it looks like he's he's trying to create a uh, some dissidence between uh, Page and and Omega, and I think he succeeded in doing that and causing a, a little bit of a kerfuffle there. At the same time, it just felt out of place after that match and what we got. It took away from, you know, like Justin said, that was that audience cup of tea. It wasn't my cup of tea that match, but that that whole segment, uh, maybe like you said, should have been saved. That whole text message that. Uh, that uh, Excalibur told us about that he got that mm -hmm. uh, that they were the ones responsible. Maybe they come out and they attack, and they they they're yelling at him. We took out your buddies. Now we took you out. You know that sort of stuff. It, it just felt like it. I don't know. It, it was. It it didn't work for me. Let's put it that way. Justin, the, something that's interesting about this to me, and and of course, you I want your thoughts just in general, but. Uh, of course, the old story with these this gang is that slowly it was Adam Page that got pulled away from the elite years ago. Now it looks like it's roles reverse where maybe Omega is going to get pulled away from the elite. I feel like that's a fun long-term storytelling reward for me as a fan. Uh, and I'm interested to see where it goes. They were a little heavy-handed, I would say, a little obvious about it. But uh, what are your thoughts? No, I like, again, I don't mind the long-term storytelling. And as I alluded to earlier, Don Callis has kind of been that poison pill always there in Kenny Omega's ear. All that's fine. But the execution of it tonight was was clunky. Like, Callis is kind of pulling at, Omega, or, uh, at Paige, and then he takes the, you know, a big big back bump and to, to sell it to Omega that, you know, he just got. It, it's like, well... Can Omega just quickly pull up his phone and watch a replay? And yeah. See that it wasn't. Right. It, 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 it just didn't compute. It didn't. The, the idea made sense of Callus does something so easily cheap that, you know, continues to pit Omega questioning uh, Page realigning with him. But it's like. AEW is a company that talents that were in 2023. Can Omega just quickly just again pull up the replay and say, oh, Don, you easily flopped there. There was no problem here with Kangman. So I, I don't know where we're gonna go from that. That it just it was a it, I would have rather the angle not even happen tonight. Um again, ha have the great match that was for the for the fans that wanted it and, and the fight forever. Have the um Blackpool Comic Club attack afterwards and get Hangman out there, make the save, but just end it there. The Don Callis thing didn't really, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense the way they did it. Yeah. So I, I agree. Yeah. I think it would have been a lot, even if it was just a simple, like, uh, Adam Page, like, shoves him off of himself, like, hey, just get off me. But then if Callis oversells it and then you go, okay, well, maybe he did push him. Did you push him too hard or not push him too hard? But when you just, do the Eddie Guerrero, you're right. You'll just pull it up on your phone. Well, and go, I mean, nah. just a flip side. Just have, well, even this. I mean, have Callus and Hangman get into words, and Callus pushes Hangman, and Hangman then bumps into Omega. But even then, it's like 
again, they can all just watch the replay and see what happens. I, I don't know. It's just yeah. for a night that I appreciated storytelling starting from the Bucks getting attacked and who done it and all like for a night that had some long term storytelling through the two hours, the decisions and the execution at the end of this was just very vanilla. So well said. What's what, what say you, Jimmy? You have anything to add on to that? No, I can't add anything more onto that. Uh, like I, like I, I, I reiterate what Justin just told us. And and again, it, I, I, people are going to kill me for this for saying it. Always try to think too much. You know, sometimes keep it simple. Stupid is the best method to go. It's easily understood by your audience and what's going on. When you try to add a, the extra little layers. Sometimes there's too many layers mm-hmm. to peel back, if that makes sense. Well, let us know in the chat what you guys thought of the show. I want to give a shout out to Chris Went for saying, please smash like button like Hulk smash Loki and Thor. Love it. Yes, hit the like button. Thank you guys so much. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, but let it me let me know. Give me a out of 10 uh, ranking for the show or any thoughts that you guys had that stuck out to you the most. Uh, before we go, though, Justin... Uh, final thoughts and where can the world find you online uh again it, it it was overall it was a kind of meh dynamite but i do appreciate again the story that they try to run with the bucks here overall um i don't i don't think viewership's going to be maybe it goes up slightly but i don't think it's going to be a big gain and maybe it's a loss i don't think they're going to move the needle big on this uh despite the dream match um, I, 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 and, and I think when we look at the segment by segment, whenever we get those numbers, this main of this final quarter hour is not going to be amongst the highest. So take that for what you will. But if you enjoyed it, good on you. I'm not trying to piss on your parade, but um, it was what it was. But uh, follow me at Justin Labar. Um, I think my next on the mic will be Friday morning, spar with Labar, busted open radio. Channel 156, uh, where I'll probably make my official WrestleMania predictions. Nice. Ooh. Ooh, I'm going to try to get them from you on... Uh, you're on Raw next week, right? Yes. Hmm? I'm going to try to get your official predictions there. Oh, your next, cool. your next is going to be before that, though. I'll be before that. Uh, maybe I save some for you. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see. <laughs> In any case, uh, uh, Jimmy, how about you? What's your... Uh, uh, what's your overall thoughts on the show and where can the world find you and the stuff you're working on? There was stuff I liked and there was stuff that could have been better in my opinion. And, you know, like they need to work on that stuff and stop thinking about, Hey, how do we get this person on the show? We have to get so many people on the show. Take your time. Unfortunately, some weeks, some talent will not be on like tonight. MJF wasn't on and I don't hear people complaining about it too much. Cause he's even though. That throws tequila on but, but still, he's your world champion. At least, you know, maybe a picture of him up, whatever the case may be. But uh, it's just, again, trying to do too much, too, trying to pile on too many layers when they're not needed. And as far as me, you can catch me on here on Monday nights with you guys, Triple J. Next week, Triple J is back next Wednesday, I believe, hopefully. Because I, I believe he's no, Jack, Jack. No, no, you're, no, that's right, Jack. I'm not on next Wednesday. In, no, you're in. You're going to be at Wallet Mania on uh, Wednesday there, night. There that's you go. What I'm going to be uh, doing, uh, trying to rub shoulders with all the cool kids. <laughs> right. And and, and, 
And like I said earlier, to, uh, earlier at the beginning of this this little uh, chat, you can find me with my good brother in stripes, uh, Brian Hebner, talking uh, refing it up. And like Jack, as you know, we had a, a young female referee, um, Scarlett uh, Donovan. Scarlett Donovan on this week, who is awesome. Uh, if you get a chance to listen to it, and next week we're going to have Kurt Angle on. So. Ah, we're having some fun with this thing. And uh, you can catch me doing my ref and rants daily on, from Monday to Friday on all my social media platforms. Talk about a one-two combo of guests. But you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Uh, you will find me doing the um, the Thursday shows. We're not doing a Thursday show this week, though. So you're not going to see me there this week. But, uh, of course, I'm on the Monday Night Raw after show. I'm going to be there, but then... I'm going to be going on Wednesday. I'm going to be doing commentary for Santino Bros. California Love on Fight TV on March 30th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. You're starting the day with some pro wrestling. But then I'm going to be at – if you're at WrestleMania, I'm going to be at Mania. I'm doing Stand and Deliver. I'm doing Ring of Honor. I'm doing both nights of WrestleMania. I'm going to be a busy fellow. I'm going to be hanging out all over the place. So if you see me, come say hello. Let's grab a picture together or something. I'd love to chat with you all uh hang out and be a part of it that does it for us thank you to everybody who uh who's in the chat ricky's out of our john millard we got uh chris went we got ethan cruz clay ford mike martin was active it's good seeing you huffman elite training uh and so many more stephen mm -hmm. camp wayne uh and uh leonard jones and, and and a lot of you i can't get through all of you there's a lot of names in here but Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. Follow at Wrestling Inc. And we'll see you guys next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.